0: Up, cornhole fans. It is your favorite cornhole podcast. Who that? Like, not, not as, not as uh, uh, you know, a little bit different looking host here. And we have another.
1: <laughs> me need we to shave, three man, beards.
0: Need... We got three beards yeah. now. I just realized we got a, yeah. a bearded trio here. Uh, Trey rider <laughs> Anthony Ione, and our newest co host on Around the ACL, Jake. Brandon. Round of applause for, for Jake Brandon on his on hey. his
2: intro. Let's go. happy to be here, guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. It means a lot. It means a lot coming from you guys.
0: <laughs> so we got uh, we, we got plenty of knowledge to drop down uh, on you guys today and obviously you got a great lineup of, uh, of of things to talk about. So today we'll dive in a little bit into the recap of open number nine that just took place in San Diego. We'll talk a little news around the league. Um, buy or Sell, our favorite segment. Um, we'll talk a little bit about ACL Europe and that the launch of that season. We just had the first European Open, so we'll dive into the rest of that, uh, those results as well as the rest of the season. And, of course, wrap things up with uh, a look into how the pro team standings are shaking up right now as we're getting closer and closer to that first pro event of the season. But we usually just talk with a little like generic small talk, Jake. I mean, did you watch – did you watch some of the Open this weekend? Did you have Did you have a, a good time watching it? Anything else exciting going on with you in your first show on Around the ACL?
2: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, got to start off. I'm so excited to be here. I love listening to Around the ACL and like hearing all you guys talk about what's going on. So to be able to be behind the scenes and being a co-host with you guys, it means a lot. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I did have a chance to watch most, if not all, of the Open, especially on Saturday and Sunday. Sunday was absolutely perfect because I'm sitting in my on my couch. I just got done playing around of golf with some friends, come back home. Uh I got the I got my phone propped up watching the open. I got the pregame for the Super Bowl on the TV. I'm living life listening to Corey and Mish <laughs> talk about some coronal It was fun. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> Anthony, uh, uh LA have any I mean you're tweeting nonstop about LA man right now. He's 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 getting locked in. He's got to be
1: yeah. Yeah. Little man at home. His name is Anthony too. Little Anthony is what the, uh, the actually it was his, his sisters and my wife that kind of gave him that name, because it was just, it was getting confusing, but yeah, he's killing it in basketball, man. It is nonstop, but I'd like to kind of talk. We we we're, we're in the presence of a cornhole monster here. I can't, I don't <laughs> think we can just glaze over the fact that Jake Brennan has joined the show. So let me just talk up Jake a little bit. So everybody knows who they're working with here in the cornhole mind that we have on the show. So um, first of all, I, f- I feel like nationally, the ESPN debut by Jake Brannon, uh, in the college championship that's a little over a year ago, right? Was that December of a year ago?
2: Yeah, December of 22 was the first time, yeah, on
1: TV. Yes, so uh, he's been there. So when we talk about what it's like to be on the broadcast, uh, the journey that it takes to get there, Jake Brannon has been there. And, bro, if I remember correctly, you came from the behind position in that, weren't you down quite a bit, and then you came back, uh, Crabtree. Right? How did that play out? How did that ESPN broadcast? Man, play out?
2: making me making me relive one of my darkest nightmares. Oh, man.
1: That <laughs> <it> was fun. <laughs>
2: No, because um if we if we go over to the double side, me and my me and my partner Zach Owings had to play Landon and his partner to make it to the broadcast for doubles and we ended up beating him. So when I when the bracket was played out and I know I had to play Landon first round in singles on TV, I know he was gonna come out strong. Um and and he and he got me good. I mean I had to hit a crazy, crazy shot to stay in the game and I almost hit it but came up just short, but Man, playing on TV, playing on ESPN is a different monster compared to playing, whether it's in your local backyard or regional or even an open. It's it's a lot, but man, I had a lot of fun and I'm so thankful that it's elevated me to
1: where I am today. Hey, you said reliving your nightmare, so I'm going to keep going because when you said almost there, I think we need to finish the story here a little bit. So for anybody that's almost been there, who's almost won that championship, who almost made the cup, I think. Jake Brandon has one of the toughest resumes uh, out there. So let's let's then fast forward to Worlds, right? We get out to Worlds. Jake wins his singles bracket, which is absolutely unbelievable at a Worlds event. You know, all the best players are coming in, packing mm-hmm. into a bracket, goes through. It was Ty Thompson in the final. Um, so then he goes on to the bracket playoffs, right? You have this... Hundreds of advanced players at world, it narrows down to I want to say it was eight or so. And you actually win your first, uh, Nate Nathan Lopez, and then you go on and you play the eventual winner, yeah, Jaden Ellis. Tell us about that one a little bit,
2: man, dude. I had known who Jaden was a little bit going into that match, and like I and I like I had seen how he had progressed through the entire day, but I knew what I was getting. I knew I had my hands full going into that match. And I like to think I gave him a little bit of a run, if I'm not mistaken. I think I scored the most points on him uh yes. than anybody yes. else did in the final eight. So I, I like to I like to to you know but, uh boost my confidence with that. But man, that kid is ridiculous, and it has shown over the course of this season so far. But man, it was a lot of fun. That whole that whole that whole week of worlds was a lot of fun.
1: All right, let's talk about the end of that weekend. Uh so Jake's hoping- not done on this almost <laughs> um so oh, now, that would have probably been was that the next day or two days yep. later yeah the, the next, next day, day Sunday. we've got the pro qualifiers right the gauntlet so he's coming off of a hot performance in singles gets into the pro gauntlet all right was it one win away from being a pro not just one point away it was it be- one point oh away oh my gosh man i did
2: the whole day was so long because the, the looking back some of the players that I had to play, I had to play Spencer Fabianar. I ended up beating him. He, I, I had to play Hunter Thorson. I ended up beating him, and he's yes. now a pro. Uh, and I had to play, you know, other guys who were top of their game. I had to play Dangerous Danny Seals. I ended up beating him, thankfully. Um, you know, but then going into that last game, I had to play Ben Brown. Me and him have a history because uh, I think it was, it, it was actually 2021. The first time I ever played on ESPN was in college doubles, and he put – Took me and my partner Zach Owens to work on that broadcast. Um, so yeah, I ended up having to play him. I remember, I mean, it was a close game, and I remember I hit a nice shot to where he had to hit a ridiculous backside airmail to stay in the game. And I remember oh. squatting down, and I was thinking, I was like, "Man, did you do it, the hardball? Wh- uh, did you?" Do I was the doing wall? that because, because <laughs> in my head, I was thinking, I was thinking, "Man, what am I gonna do?" when I win this, am I going to like jump up in the air? Am I going to scream? Am I going to stay humble and just shake his hand? And then he hit the airmail and I was like, Oh crap. I still have to keep playing. Uh, Um, And then I guess we had another round and then it came back to where I had to hit an airmail to stay in the game. And then I hit the airmail, but I ended up dragging, I hit the airmail, but I ended up dragging one of his bags. And he got the two points for the win. What and it was just, it was, it was a, it was a great finish, but man, it was a gut wrencher to end it. That was for sure.
1: Well, welcome to the show, man. You know, for a guy that <laughs> followed you, uh, you know, we're gonna just let that go. Um, yeah. This poor guy, he just relived his worst nightmare. But I, no, I, like I'm super just proud of you, man. Nightmare. Like, I've been following you, and it was awesome to see. Uh, you know, it's, it's not done. It's not done. You know, no,
2: man, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of. It was a lot of fun looking back. You know, that now that I've had months to kind of relax and you know rethink about it um it was a lot of fun it was an awesome opportunity shout out ben brown i love him he's he's one of my you know one of my great buddies but yeah it was it was a lot of fun and i'm i'm thankful that it happened it's a good it was a good learning experience absolutely
0: and now and now we get him here on around the acl so now yeah. he gets to do what he's really good at which is talking about cornhole let's go yeah. Uh, let's dive into it guys. So we had uh, open number nine in San Diego, California this past weekend. JBJ takes down singles doubles was Hunter Thorne and Trey Birchfield. Uh, I look, I went on a hot take and I said that they were going to, you know, be a final four team. I wasn't hot enough on right my hot take with, with Hunter Thorne and Trey Birchfield. They had a big wing. Uh, Michaela Calvi on, on women's uh, Ross Moore and seniors and Candler bag who's shown a lot of really great potential uh, wins it for junior so Jake uh, yeah it's your first show we'll let you go first so any big thoughts on, on the double side as we saw Hunter Thorne and Trey Birchfield get a, get a big win in San Diego.
2: Man, I got to give him some props. Uh, If if I'm not mistaken, it was the first time we've been to that building since the 2021 Open when uh, Trey Burfield had that incredible game. What is it, 47, 48 rounds against Josh Holland. So to see him come back into that building and get another open title, this time with Hunter Thorne, it was pretty cool. Throwing those uh, Titan Talon 2.0s, I was a little skeptical going into it because I wasn't sure if Hunter could uh, you know, throw those as well as he does his BG uh, Wizard Ls, yeah. but they they showed He did they good with them. Crit- he did real good with he them. He threw real well with them. Um, I was also a little skeptical coming into the finals because, man, Derek Holland and Alex Rawls had such a hot yes. hand, double-dipping Jackson Remick and Gavin Hammond with, I would say, relative ease going into that finals. And I thought, I thought it was done. I thought they were going to walk away with them. And if I uh, actually, they started out with an 11 0 lead and then Trey and Hunter came back with a 21 to two run to oh take it down. Gosh. Very impressed by them. Very impressed.
0: Anthony thoughts
1: on doubles. As we saw Thorne and Birchfield get a big win. You know what? I have to go right to singles if I can, Trey, because this one is killing me. <laughs> we talked last week in the buyer cell and, about the rookie of the year race. You know, we've got this Jeremiah Ellis, Ryan Trader kind of like head race here. Who's going to be it? And I sold on Jeremiah Ellis just because Ryan Trader, he's got the two singles wins in his back pocket. But then I said, you know what? If we get a Jeremiah Ellis in Ryan Trader final and Jeremiah Ellis wins it, he is now my leading candidate for rookie of the year. And man, did we almost get that. So Ellis comes out of his bracket be undefeated. Uh, he led the bracket. over 127 rounds going through guys like Jeremy Frazier, Moses Asweta, Hunter Thorne. And he gets this kid Candler bag twice. Um, Candler bag now coming on radar. And actually um, this reminds me, we had a Gavin Cano post coming right off of that. So Gavin, Gavin Cano plays him in the losers final to get up to the championship. And Gavin just says, Candler bag crazy. Connell throws an 11 in that match over 24 rounds and scores six points. Candler bag goes 92 of 96. We're getting to the point where players are going to throw a hundred bags in a row to win matches. He's four bags away from doing that. So unbelievable performance for him to get up. And then a trader comes out of his bracket. C, takes a loss to Windsor, but then comes up and double dips. So yeah, it's like, do we get that Trader, LS1v1, and Trey, I think we were going back on Twitter. I was like, this just might happen. We don't get the matchup. They both win their bracket, but however the seeding works, they don't get the match in the first round. I'm like, okay, we'll still have a chance if they first they both win that first round. Then we'll get the championship match. They both got uh-huh. smoked. Uh, trader <laughs> put up two points on JBJ, and Ellis put up three points on Tony Forbes. And I think this is a good, good, good roll into like, cause we keep talking about this talent of the returning pro field. Right. And then we're like, well, wait a minute. Look at the talent of the rookie class coming in. And now we're like, double take, wait a, wait a minute. Look at how strong the amateur field is. You know, we've got this emergence of Candler bag and Tony Forbes. We've got the known talent of Jaden Ellis and uh, Jake, you know about that. And then we've got these D one college recruits that we keep talking about. Gavin Hammond, Jackson Remick, these guys all leveling up their game and emerging as some of the best in the game all the way down to the amateur and college level. You know, Hammond played Trader in the Losers final in singles. He almost gets to a championship bracket. And then we had Remick and Hammond take the king seat in doubles uh, going through pros like Duncan Clemmer and Ethan Walker. And also Derek Holland and Alex Rawls, which you were talking about, knocked him down. Now they came back up. And got it done. But yeah, it's like the talent across all levels just keeps increasing. And Trey, it almost feels like soon we're going to have to go back and look at the way that we define skill levels in this game, right? It's like when we first came out, we had pros at greater than nines, advanced greater than 8.3s. At some point, half the pro field is going to be throwing tens. You know, the average pro might be a nine five. So we're going to have to probably go in and adjust how we define the uh, the talent in this game, it's absolutely getting crazy. But just some others to mention: Gavin Cano, gas all weekend, singles and doubles. You, you look at the stats on paper, it's like, how did this guy not win both? Kobe Shearer did really, really well in doubles, as well as Samantha Finley. She crushed it in doubles. Nick Williams threw well, Joe K threw well. Deborah Odom, if you look at her stats, she absolutely fried her opponents through the entire doubles tournament. Really, that's actually the best I've seen Deborah Odom throw. Uh, she threw really well. Of course, Harbaugh came out well. Frazier and then Trzinski keeps throwing gas, and we keep talking about him as, as one of the top 10 players. But good to see JBJ back on top of the singles game. I really didn't expect him to lay low long, you know, and I think good timing. Well-timed as we're approaching the pro season. And if we know from JBJ, uh, from last season, he came in a national number one ready to go, taking down both doubles and singles and swept it. Um, and then, yeah, props to Tony Forbes. Wow, this, this kid is this kid's unbelievable. He's going to be something special. Um, let me just mention a little bit in doubles. I did want to focus. You did talk about Trey Birchfield and Hunter Thorne uh, taking down doubles. I think a big win for Birchfield on a number of levels. Obviously, he's in this race for the all-time titles. Uh, if I'm looking at it correctly, Trey, you can correct me. I think this takes him from 17 to 18 uh, tying him with Mark Richards in the third place position. So he's only behind. Nope. What do you got? Where's the on lineup? He's still one behind. He's still one behind. Okay. So he's going to be behind Richards behind Graham behind guy. So he's fourth all time. So he's kind of closing up that li- distance a little bit and um, and a much needed win. I think for Trey, you know, we're talking about a guy who was the world champion and the number one player in the world. A couple of years ago, fell to 57th overall last season, but stayed really strong on the double side, back-to-back seasons as a top five doubles player. And he's had really huge success with anybody who's on the other side. Hunter Thorne ends up being the one throwing him back to him. Nine open doubles championships, eight different partners. That's unbelievable. So uh, congrats to Hunter Thorne and uh, Trey Birchfield, open number nine doubles champs.
2: Yeah, I want to say just one more quick thing about doubles before I move into something I have on singles. It, Trey Burfield is the best doubles player of all time, right? It's that's an agreement.
1: It's nine, not, nine uh, championships yeah. with eight different partners. I mean, it's tough. Can it's you tough. name a it's better, better doubles? How do you argue that? How do you argue? You Can't.
2: That? That's what I'm thinking. I mean, it's it's awesome to see. I mean, I love Trey. He's a great kid. Um, but man, I didn't I didn't know that stat. Eight different partners over nine Open doubles titles. That's absolutely ridiculous. So we're talking about the domination of Trey Bursfield on the double side. I want to talk about the domination of a specific bag company overall. Uh, I, I did some look and I did some math before we yes, got on here. You got? So if we combine open doubles and open singles throughout the first nine opens, all right, that's 18 events. Yep. BG has won seven of those events across open singles and open doubles. The next bag company that comes close has won three events. Lucky has won three events. And then there's a four-way tie between Ultra, Fly, Titan, and Cornhole Scenario, who have two. The utter domination that BG has put on so far in the Open Series is ridiculous. And I and think what it,
1: And what do they have in common? What is in common about that bag and the style of play?
2: I mean, sticky boards, lots of blocking, lots of rolling— and, I mean, it's been very successful so far this year. But so I would the, challenge
0: – let me let me say this. Is it that the bag is dominating or that bag – like I think maybe Anthony may be alluding to, is that play style suited best for that bag? And because that player is the most successful at the moment in time right now where we are, that that's the reason. It, I mean, it's worth a conversation, right? Is so, it because if we get – you know, the perfect play style, the perfect bag for JBJ and Gavin Cano and Logan Chamberlain and all them is that BG bag because it really suits their play style. Because it suits their play style, they're just really dominant players. That's why they're getting all the wins and they're going to all these different events. Or is it truly partly because of the bag? I think that's part of the I think it's a combo.
1: So what's yeah. going on is, is BJ, BG has this demographic of players and they're catering to that demographic. They're going, okay, you want a slow bag? Here's a slow bag. You want a slow bag with a little bit more hop? We're going to give you this wizard that has, you know, a certain fill that's going to give you a little more bounce. Or, you know, we're going to hit you with the mercenary so you can have, you know, a fast side, but a slower, you know, a a bigger delta in the speeds. Oh, you want a little bit more drip on the hole? And we're going to come out and give you that, you know, that wizard L or something like that to give you both rollability and both uh, hole friendliness. So I think it's a combination of the bag maker working with that demographic and giving them the bags to be successful.
2: Well, and then let me let me give you uh, uh, an example. How about how about Landon Bass, a ACL elite player, started throughout most of the season throwing these Viper R's, which is like you know uh, a super hole friendly bag, but not really necessarily known for blocking and rolling. Uh, the Hamilton, Ohio Open just a few weeks ago, he decides to switch throws. I forget who it was, but if somebody's uh, BG Wizard L's runs through everybody and makes the overall Open Singles final, so I think. I think the bag itself has a lot to do with it. And, you know, that's a case in point right there with Landon.
0: Could, be, it. could be part of it. it uh, something we can talk about uh, as the season goes on. We can go 20 on that topic. We on that topic. Let's jump in a little bit to the news around the league. So we did have a South Dakota State Championship in singles. ACL rookie pro Jay Siefkiss. So I don't know Jay, but, you know, he's he's won some tournaments. He is a rookie this year um he takes down singles and doubles we have former acl pro matt ryan and uh in brady Hoff huff um that's a fun last name
1: um
0: but yeah so uh, interesting and uh any thoughts on g you guys either one of you familiar with jay and his game
1: i'm not i am i'm familiar with matt ryan of course right he came in and, and as a pro uh this is a little bit of history too uh you know everybody didn't know the mountain south and the north uh, or the uh the mountain north existed you know five or years ago we weren't really on the national radar we used to do something called the black hills shootout where we would go state of colorado versus state of south dakota and we would rally to a middle point and we would throw this big tournament on it was state versus state so matt ryan would be one of those players where you walk in and at the time he was like one of the big dogs you know and me and uncle bob were like just getting started you know we were grinding we were uh, on our journey to be pros eventually. Um, but yeah, one of my biggest memories was Matt, Matt Ryan, uh, and his partner, Stu, who's another good player out of South Dakota. Um, and me and uncle Bob, big match. My first time, Jake, of having everybody surrounding your lane, you know, something that you're very familiar with now at this point oh, yeah. on, on steroids, on the ESPN stage, but you know, you probably have hundred people in a circle. And to me, that was like, Holy shit, what's going on here. This is my first time like this, but Throwing slide right. So that'll date it. You know, that's going to take us back to 17, yes. maybe 18 at the latest. But um, we got this dub against the hottest players in the building. I will never forget that because that you talk about breaking the seal or having that win that really gives you the confidence to move forward. Yep. That was the win for for me and Uncle Bob and eventually became pros. I'll never forget that one, but Matt Ryan still playing. It's good to see him still in the mix. He still got it.
0: You still got it. All right. Let's roll over into buy or sell. It's Jake mm-hmm. Brandon's first buy or sell. Let's, let's put it Let on tell the hot what, seat. I'm,
2: I'm excited for this. I'm I, I'm excited. Let's get it. All right.
0: Uh, Jake, the 2024 rookie class is better than the 2023 rookie class.
2: <sighs> I'm sell. selling it. I'm selling it. There's no way. Every single year since you know since maybe like 2019 2020 we've always said man this rookie class is the is the best (laughs) this rookie class is the greatest it's never going to top it I feel like last year we hit that apex you got all these dudes coming over you got Justin Jr. you got Logan Chamberlain Fisher Hamilton Gavin Connell all these dudes showing out their their rookie season I think it is going to be really really hard to beat that now I will say this rookie class has a lot of talent. I yes. think it is very top heavy. And then I think it starts to fall off a little bit because you have those players, obviously the Ryan Trader, the Jeremiah Ellis, the uh, Sammy Sotos, all of those guys. But once you get past that first wave, those first four five, maybe six players, I'm not sure if they have the talent to compete with the rookie class that we had last year. Now I'm not, you know, denying that they're not good. I'm not, I don't want to give them, I don't want to discredit them. They are great, and we are for sure going to see a lot of those faces on the broadcast this season. But it's just going to be so hard to top what we had last year. So hard. So I, I got to sell it. I got to sell it.
1: I'll go quick. I'll go quick. He he, uh, he had a lot to say. So um, <laughs> you mentioned Hamilton. You mentioned Kano, JBJ, Chamberlain. What That was last year's rookie class, right? JBJ comes out, singles national champ, doubles national champ. Fisher Hamilton, singles champ. So of the five possible champs, Two of them won by rookies. You have Logan in there in doubles. Uh, You could even sprinkle in a Kingsbury who came out and got a shootout championship. Ryan Wiedenfeld was top 11 in doubles. Mm -hmm. Fisher Hamilton, Kano, JBJ, Logan Chamberlain, all four of them top five in doubles. So that's going to be really hard to beat. Now you've got Ryan Trader with two open singles. He's going to be carrying the weight. I think Ellis is just getting started. I think Soto's going to do great things. Allen's going to do great things. But I'm going to sell as well. I'm going to say that. What they did in 2023
0: was tough. Yeah, I, I'm gonna agree. I, I would have sold as well. Tony Forbes is the top player out of the state of California. Jake,
2: six months ago, I would have sold it. Right now, in this very second, I am buying that all Ooh. day. This Ooh. kid, this kid has come alive. Trey and Anthony absolutely ridiculous i'm talking i'm talking open bracket wins i'm talking deep runs everywhere he plays this kid has all the talent in the world how about a high school national singles champion so he's got that broadcast experience now he's got the experience playing in these big tournaments this kid has lit it up these past few months and i don't think there's a single person in the state of california that can stop him
1: anthony I think we can all agree Tony Forbes is a top player in Cali, but the top player, Jake, I think you got to put some respect on his name. We cannot ignore the national success that Hunter Thorne has had over the last couple of years. The dude was one win away from finishing top 10 last year in the pro division in singles, finished 11th, breakout player worthy, a shootout qualifier winner in doubles. Uh, And he was, he had that singles shootout win in his hand. He lost that one in the last in the last round, so we could have seen Thorne in there in doubles and singles. Uh, I actually went back to Thorne on this, and I was like, let's talk about Tony Tony or uh, Tony Forbes a little bit. Uh, and he had a lot of good things to say about him. He said he's a dog and he's playing at a high level, but he also said, and I love the confidence in Hunter Thorne's voice. He said, or in his in his uh, in his message, he said. I would still take me over any player a thousand miles from me. Hunter Thorne, the top player out of Cali. I'm going to sell it.
0: I would have done the same thing. I would have sold as well. I think Hunter Thorne, you're not. Maybe we see consistency in what Tony Forbes is doing right now. If he keeps doing this at the open level, at the open level and at the pro level, right? He's got an opportunity as an elite player to play into those pro brackets. He's got a a chance to make himself look good there. Derek Collins. Yeah, go ahead.
2: So I was gonna say, just let me say this so I don't get an angry message in my in my DM. No, nah, this is hey, this is there. a part of it. Welcome to the show, no, Jake. No, this He's is gonna crazy. get angry Welcome to the show.
0: No, <laughs> you don't get that. You don't get that. You'll learn soon, Dang. rookie. People will love you.
1: People will hate you. I love you, <laughs> Hunter. Derek
0: Collins, Derek Holland belongs in your top twenty,
2: Jake. In my top twenty. Now, is this just strictly pro singles? Yes. I'm selling it. And this is not a discredit to, uh, to, to Derek. This is a credit to the 20-plus other players that I can name who are at the top of their game right now as well. I was extremely impressed with how Derek performed this past weekend in um, in San Diego, him and Alex. I love I them as a doubles team. Absolutely love them as a doubles team. Would probably put them in my top 10, if not higher, in pro doubles. But as strictly as a singles player, I have yet to see – that breakout performance that I, that I've been looking for, at least not this season. And you also have to give to the fact that they're just, there's just so much talent elsewhere in the, in the, in the pro division right now. Uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to put him up there right now until I see something uh, noteworthy.
0: We got to break him in Anthony. He's he's uh, he's, he's too nice to everybody right now. It's <laughs> all right. We'll get there. We'll get there. He was Anthony. not nice
1: to Hunter Thorne. He was not nice. Yeah. To Hunter. You hear that Hunter? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Hunter, he was brutal. <laughs> just, oh, just ripping you. Okay. Uh, Holland. Um, <laughs> hey, obviously number 18 last season. So Trey's okay. calling out 20. So he's been there. He's done that. But Jake, I'm right there with you. Who's gonna who can who can squeeze him out of that 20? We're adding Trader. We're adding Ellis, Soto, Allen, Wilson, Crabtree's throwing really good. Verona almost wins an open. We're adding all of this good talent. Plus the fact that he has that game, I think again, is gonna, we're gonna have a gap. I have a high PPR and an airmail. That's what I do. So I think that's going to work against him. Now I will say in the open, uh, in doubles, his partner called a roll bag, and I'm like, okay, stop playing. Yep. Freaking Derek Holland, now it wasn't pretty. It kind of like bounce <laughs> flopped kind of thing, but it got over the pile and it went in the hole and I almost fell out of my chair, but I sell as well. I think just that talent coming in, and until he levels up a third and a fourth shot, uh, he's, he's gonna it's going to be tough to hit 20.
0: He's closer. He's closer to me. I still think he's top twenty-five, but he's right on the fringe for me. I would Uh-oh. agree. So, JBJ is immediately back into your top ten if he Ooh. wasn't already there, Jake.
2: This I, this was the hardest one for me because because I can I can I really can I can see it both ways. I can, but I I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna sell it. I think I'm gonna sell it. Man, he such a good rookie season last year. Such a good rookie season. Obviously, won the first national of the year, but after that, I mean, you saw him make the the ending of a bracket, but you didn't really, you didn't really, you know, see it a lot. Um, and you know, a little bit of a slow start to this season as well. I want to see at least one more bracket win in an open before I put him back in there. Um, I mean, it's just the same thing with Derek Holland. There's just so much talent nowadays that I can I can pretty easily think of at least 10 other people that right now at this very second, I would put over him. So I'm you. selling it.
1: Hey, uh, first of all, JBJ, I see you, man. Uh, he's been really consistent. He's been top five in his bracket in doubles and singles all season. So he is getting it done. It's just, I think we were used to seeing him always in in the in the finals. But I don't want to put all of my stock in the fact that he won a singles. If we go to me and Trey's top 10, who's not in those top 10s? Ethan Walker, who won a singles and a doubles. Logan Chamberlain, who won a singles and two doubles. Uh, we've got a lot of top tens in there who haven't won an open singles yet. Batson's in there. Tony Smith, Alex Rawls, Jamie Graham, Gavin Cono, Ryan Windsor, Jeremiah Ellis. All these guys are in our top tens and have not won an open yet. So I don't want to put all the stock in just the fact that he won. I'm also going to sell. Uh, he's right outside for me, but obviously JBJ still in the mix.
0: I was going to buy. I put him back in my top 10. I, I kicked <gasps> okay. him out because he wasn't performing at a high level. He performs at a high level. Welcome back to the club, Who JBJ. comes out, Trey?
1: Who comes out? Yeah, say, who, I who took Jack
0: Orr out. Jack Orr. Okay. I, said, I, see oh, I, I okay. said, see you later. I feel that. I said, see you later. I got to commentate the regional this weekend, and Jack was fine, but he wasn't great. So, ah. JBJ, you're Keep in. He gone. All right, last one. The Ellies, which are the Jeremiah Ellis fans, are bigger <laughs> fans than the Swifties. Stop Jake, playing. what do you think about the Ellies?
2: Oh man, as as a live streamer who spends most of my time at these events scrolling through the stream chat and everything, I don't, I'm gonna buy it. I, dude, I don't know. <laughs> He's these, got a lot of fans. Are some, dude. There are some faithful Jeremiah Ellis fans that that have emerged. And God forbid you say something bad about him. Because you will, you will get you will get got. If he has a bad shot and you say, <laughs> man, that was a bad shot. You you better turn the chat off. But I, I like it, man. I like it. I, I feel like that's what the sport needs. I love it watching him go up against Jordan Power because they were into it the chat was into it us as commentators we were into it too i'm loving the fiery emotion that he brings and with that the fiery emotion of his fans and supporters in the chat i'll buy it
1: anthony i don't i don't know much about swifty fans but i know a lot about cornhole <laughs> and there's got to be a lot of ellies out there the dude is he's likable he's relatable he's competitive no. he gets the crowd going with his mouth, but he, he does it in a funny way and an entertaining way. He doesn't really cross the line of disrespect. Yeah. I love that he acknowledges great shots and performances from his opponents in-game. He seems humble. And at the same time, he is smacking people. So I see why people people like him. I'm one of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it.
0: Yeah, we need to get some Ellie's, like I'm a proud Ellie, like right on the, get, get like a t-shirt or something.
2: Uh, awesome. Get on that, so, Trey. Yeah, get on that.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. We're talking about ACL Europe now. ACL Europe um, just announced their schedule. And is, in addition to that, we had our Slovenia Open. So the first ever ACL Open event in the country of Slovenia, which I could not put on a map. Sorry, I'm not good at geography. Um, but, great player base, uh, a lot of high energy and they like to party apparently. So they had some, they had a good time in Slovenia. <laughs> um, in singles, we had, uh, Roman Elsner. Um, and I know that the question, everybody at home is like, are these, how are these guys? Looked at the tournament PPR, 9.0 tournament PPR across the entire event. Really? We're talking about a singles wow. champion. So wow. um at one point had a high of a 9.6 in one of his event in one of his games to get to a bracket final. So when we talk about, you know, talent-wise, we're looking at people that can that are starting to put a lot of bags in the hole. Uh, in Hell doubles, yeah. we had uh Goonie Wrights and Emmanuel von Dran. So Goonie Wrights it also so Goonie writes um, was one of the players that won a trip to America. So he will be competing in one of the pro events um, in doubles uh, after winning after his success at the ACL Europe Open last year. Uh, Mathieu Rivo from France will also be traveling to America to compete in one of our upcoming events. So it's kind of an exciting and be an opportunity for a lot of these players to kind of gauge where they are amongst the field of, uh, field of pro players. So. Um, But, yeah, let's talk about the schedule. So the ACL Europe Open is going to have stops in France and Belgium and the Netherlands all in the month of March. So three different open events in in the month of March. Only one in April going to Slovakia. Um, Then in May we'll head to Germany and Sweden. Uh, In Norway, in Italy in June. So I know a lot of people are eyeing that Italian Open June 14th for the 16th. To head out there. Uh, Switzerland is the only event in the month of July. Uh, in August, kind of both overlapping the world championships, uh, Finland and Croatia will both be hosting open events in Europe. Uh, the UK wraps it up with the end of August and then the ACL Europe Championship, September 12th through the 15th in Germany, Trier, Germany. I'll be going out to Germany. It'll be my first time in Germany. Nice. Um, to, to check out that event. So it'll be, be, be really cool. So, um, but I think when we talk about, um, Europe, the cool thing that I love to see is just like how it builds, right? Cause you, all three of us were in some way, shape or form part of the growth of cornhole here in the States to get it to where it is now. And now what's really cool is being once a part of it, being able to see it from afar. I think we've seen stages of it in Canada, Right, we just had a Canadian Open not too long ago. We have multiple Canadian events happening. Uh, Canadian events happening this year, and we're starting to talk about people in the light of them being actually really good players, not just good Canadian players. Right, when you look at someone like Brandon Brown in Canada, that's a legitimate, really good player. Uh, you put him in the pro field, he's a mid-tier pro, and has is ha- going to have an opportunity to be successful no matter no matter what event that he plays in. We're ready to start seeing that level of development when we look across the pond in Europe, right? Um, I had an opportunity to see a lot of these great players. You know, France has some shooters, guys. I mean, the one thing that's lacking from the European game now is what is making, and what we talked about earlier in the show, what is making these American players so successful? That defensive strategy of, I want to find a bag that I can use for a block, I can cut, I can fade, I can roll, I can push, I can do all these different things and building that strategy into my game. Where Europe is right now is they, the guys, they can slide and they can airmail. I tell you what, right now they call they call Bruno Bacquier in France Mister Airmail. Right, the dude, I watched the dude hit twelve airmails in a row at one point. I mean, he can shoot it with the best. Nice. The difference is, you got to be able to hit the other shots with a high level of consistency. So. Um, you know, the Belatzis, uh, uh sisters out of, out of Croatia, two top female players that I got to see play, um, Kata and Maria. They were so, you know, so cool to see. Maria was actually the one that we called her the giant slayer. She takes down Trey Birchfield. Uh, oh. She beats him head-to-head while they were over in Europe. So there's a lot of these, you know, what do I say? These little blips, right? They're really good, and then they fall off for a game. Really good. And what we'll see over time is those number of, of, of bad games, just like we'll see across the board, dwindle and dwindle over time. So um, just really excited uh, about the, the European schedule, excited to see the growth of these European players and see who begins to rise to the top. And here's what the cool thing is and what I'll end with on my thoughts is that I look at the Slovenia Open – I recognized some names in the field. I had no idea who the singles winner was. I had never seen Roman Elsner in my life, right? Never heard of him, anything like that. But now he's a champion, and I'll say this much. The best player in Europe in five years – Probably isn't even playing right now. Who knows, right? that the, the rapid growth that the continent is going to see is going to be really exciting. So, any thoughts from you guys on on ACL Europe and anything that we got going on? I got there? a thought.
1: I got a thought. I just had an eye open or an eye opening moment here, Jake. Um, Switzerland is two weeks before Worlds. All right, we can get you both over the hump of that coming just short and open the floodgates. We need to get you out to Switzerland. You're gonna bring that American dirty style game, get that oh, yeah. ACL titles plaque, and then you're <coughs> gonna roll into uh, Worlds and just crush it and become a pro. What do you say, man? I
2: I like <laughs> the way he thinks. I am I am digging it. Um, I, if you're paying, I will be. I will be there. <laughs> I can promise you that.
1: No, no, man. Hey, I, are- I just think. We'll rally some sponsors together. Well, we got this. Oh, we got, okay. I got, I got an it. idea. Jake's Journey. Get, 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 yeah, <laughs> Jake's Journey
2: to Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Jake's Journey. I like that. I, I, think it, I really do think it's mind-blowing how much the, the game and the sport of Cornell has grown over the past few years. To sit here. If you would have told me four years ago that I'd be sitting at this desk talking about a, a, corn, a Europe tour in about cornhole i would have said you're you're freaking you're done you're stupid there's no way (laughs) but the fact that we have what one two three four five ten more opens to go in the continent of europe is insane and i absolutely love it i am blown away by how much they have adapted and grown over there and i cannot wait to see the top talent that arises in the next four five six years
1: from europe so trey are you subbing in for stacy on this one or is he going to
0: uh, he, he always decides like last minute. He's probably going to end up going. He's, okay. I mean, Stacey so we to get Stacy like, on the mic, or are we
1: going to get Trey on the mic?
0: Well, last year it was me, Ton, and Stacy. Right? I mean, okay. he had to get on and say "we, we, we're in." Petty. Yeah, he's got like, like, he line to come with his lawn liner. He had to have his lawn liner to start the show. So, am um, I, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. I think he'll be. He'll be back in Trier, um, and, I, and I'm excited for it. So, um, yeah, very exciting. A lot of great things happening on, on the European side of things. So, shout out to DeVries. Tons doing a great job as the ACL Europe, um, I say national director, but, like, it actually should be, like, continental director, I guess. Like, you has got to get a, a good, a good uh, a yeah. title for him there. So, all right. So, let's talk about, um, so, the ACL pro team standing. So, we're looking at, you know, we've had a really good opportunity to see how the rest of the the, the field has has competed um, and or at least some of the, the, the different divisions have competed. Really, we're going to have a chance to see a lot more out of the American North as well as the National West. So if we look at, you know, the American South, we talk about. Uh, they've already had their opens kind of completed. So they played all their preseason games the freeze, five and one, sliders, three and three, coasters, two and four, cutters, two and four. The National Central, again, has a majority of their games competed, completed with the ex- a couple exceptions between the Colonels and the Bullybaggers. The spinners are four and one, the Colonels, three and oh, Bullybaggers, one and two, Mays, 0 oh and five right now. The National West, who just played this past weekend, the Timber and the Burn both go two and one. The Slingers and the High Rollers both go one and two. And then they'll also compete in Mesa again. So we'll have some matchups in Mesa to see. Um, But then as well as we look towards Opens 11 and 12, right before the pro season starts, that's when we're going to get to see the American North where we'll see the Marauders, the Aviators, the Woodchucks, uh, and the Ringers, those those reigning champ Ringers uh, finally looking to get back uh, on the boards and compete. So, so yeah, maybe I'll start with you, Anthony, Anthony, as we look forward to the, you know, the, the, the pro season and also a reset and looking at how these teams have competed so far at the open level, interested to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously the one that stands out the most is the, uh, the freeze is as good as we thought they would be. Uh, if we go back to the beginning, I think we both gave them an A. I a at least I gave them an A plus Uh, as one of the strongest teams in the league. So at five and one, they're certainly showing that, but what's really tough with the teams is obviously you go through the draft, you have these teams and then there's that kind of unknown piece of like dipping into the elites. You don't know who's going to come out of the elites. For example, uh, the timber this past weekend really benefited from that level, right? They, they only had like two of their top six draft picks actually at the event, but they were able to dip into that elite pool and in, in pull uh, Gavin Hammond and Jackson Remick, who could have mo- you know, most likely been like first, second, or third round draft picks in the draft. So it's really tough to predict who's who's going to be good when you throw the factors of who's going to actually be able to make the trip, who's going to be able to tend, and who's actually going to be pulled out of the elite level to help some of these teams. And we saw that really a big factor this past weekend. So a little tough to judge those. But what are your thoughts, Jake?
2: Yeah, I I mean, I was also going to talk about the Florida freeze. I feel like I feel like they have a legitimate chance to run away with this thing. And in my opinion, are the the team most suited to stop the ringers uh, from defending their title. I mean, you look through the players, you look through the stats, they are at the top of the list for everything. I love um, – I mean, I, I just love to have good teammate chemistry, most of them being from Florida. I mean, we're talking about Allen and Alex Rawls, Blaine Rozier, Cheyenne Bubenheim, Matt Sorrells, and you get some of the elite players like Chris Fagan, but you also have Chris Kingsbury. Man, this team is legit, and I'm excited to see what happens when the, uh, when the pro season starts. But, I mean – there's another team, the, the Virginia Cutters, in the same division as the America, as the Florida Freeze. I'm a little surprised by them, by their slu- uh, sluggish start to the season. I expected a little bit more from them, and that also just does come as a little bit of a bias, me being from Maryland, just really close to Virginia, uh, rooting them on a little bit harder. I think me but, and Trey
1: had them right. I think we gave them a B-minus or a, really? like something, yeah, two and four. That's right around a B-minus.
2: I guess I just got too excited from the draft day, taking the number one and two overall picks, but... I don't know. I feel like they. I feel like their potential. They have a lot more potential than what they're showing right now. But you know, you never know. We we'll have to wait till the pro season starts. But man, I am digging pro teams. The light like, a it's, shocker. So
0: yeah, okay. I was gonna go through here uh, a couple of these um, teams that are really good right now. Are they frauds? FRAUDS is a little bit extreme, oh. but let's talk about it, right? Oh, is that five and one the- <laughs> freeze? Five and one freeze. Not no. frauds. Not at all.
1: Spinners four and one. No. They're doing a little better than I, I thought. I would have had them at I would have had them at three and two.
0: I think we're we're borderline there. I yeah. think we're borderline there.
1: Colonels three and oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, See, yeah. I
0: disagree. I like the colonels. You <laughs> hush your mouth. All right, let's go to the opposite side. Well, I mean what Should they
2: One of their what was so one of the colonels wins was against the Maze and they're 0-5, so I don't know.
0: Should they be worried? So. Mays 0-5. 100%. They should be worried. You think they should? Yeah, I, I think they should.
2: I mean, start. I mean, it doesn't matter the kind of talent you have. You start off 0-5, you have to dig your way up from the grave that you're already in. That's a tough task to do, no matter what sport you're in. So I think it's going to be really the, tough.
1: Not everyone yeah. makes the playoffs, right, Trey? Right, yeah. yeah, not yeah they need to be playoffs. worried. They need to be worried.
0: What if I told you there was a team that started, like, one and six and ended up making the playoffs and then winning the team's world championship last year. The Pennsylvania ringers did not start well last year. They lost out of the gate. They were a bottom level team. We were talking about being worried about them at the first out of the gate. I'm not worried about the Mains. I think the roster is too good to be worried right now. I think they're I think they're just going to be
2: So, so it's be it's almost like you you could be not worried about the Mays but you could be worried about the Spinners and the Colonels, who currently are the number 1 and 2 teams in their division because if they stay as hot as they are it doesn't matter how well the uh the Mays finish they won't make the playoffs if if the, th- if the Spinners
1: if, and the Colonels stay as hot as they are I think if Mays fields the whole team it's ah, a good point
0: yeah, you're in the same division there, so you're right. I I don't see the spinners doing the same. I think the bully baggers. I think it. I think it may be Colonel's Mays one two in that division. I, I'm just saying.
1: I really do. I think it could be there. Hey, I think the bully baggers are going to be the toughest one if they can field a team. That's what I'm saying. Is Texas doesn't you know the, the travel. We is, we, 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 we thought, thought that last year too. We thought we thought that about the Texas bully baggers last year too. They didn't they didn't do much either.
2: So we'll see.
0: All right. Chase hunter right. got to get into
2: them. Chase Hunter's got to get into them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right let's go this is jake brandon's first holy hot take jake take it away let's hear your hot take to end the show so
2: i get uh, my first show i'm gonna bend the rules a little bit i i wanted to bring this up when we were talking about open doubles i want to kind of bring this down into a hot takes so i kind of have kind of have one and a half too. First one real quick uh talking about hunter thorn earlier jake gore hunter Thorne, top five pro doubles team into the season boom done. Well, moving on. Yep. Moving on. That's hot. So I, I talked earlier. I talked earlier about the amount of titles that BG has uh, between open doubles and open singles. Uh, Thirty-two altogether throughout sixteen opens. My hot take: BG finishes with at least fifteen open titles this season overall, which is almost half. And JBJ is responsible for at least two more of them.
1: Oh,
0: okay. wow! we got a triple hot take that out of Jake was, in that his was first a show. Lot he's, uh, he's all, I'll only yeah, ask I one from you, Anthony. Give me your one hot take.
1: <laughs> all right, one hot take, Jake. I'm going to break you in a little bit. I'm going to do you a little dirty, but we're going to have some fun with this <laughs> one. I'm going to go back to the beginning of our discussion about Jake's run at Worlds. Your World Championship final is going to be Candler Bag versus Jake Brennan for the Amateur Singles Championship, and Candler Bag is going to win it.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, wow. That is that is that is brutal. And hey, hot. I got that you in the is, final. Good. I
2: got you in the final, though. That's pretty uh, impressive. I, I appreciate it, but, man, that is – Doesn't feel bad. like a
0: compliment. Doesn't feel like a compliment. <laughs> for my hot take, man. I am going your 2025 Rookie of the Year is Tony Forbes. He's going to continue building on what he's done right now. He becomes a pro next season and beats out Jay Nellis for that Ooh. Rookie of the Year spot in wow. 2025. Ooh. There's my hot take. That is our show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks to Anthony as well as Jake Brannon in his debut. Until next time, we'll see you guys next week here on Around the ACL. See you guys.